Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of Arsenal X, the Xbox podcast, part of the Boss Rush Games network of podcasts. It's a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I'm here with my boy, Chris Berensmeyer for The Gaming Outsider. Chris, how you doing, man? Not too bad. How you doing? Coming through in the clutch for me here. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Hey, I'm, al- I'm always here for friends. Oh, we're friends. I know, man. Yeah, well, I came, I, I came out to see you at uh, the video game summit. Yeah, you. Yeah, we all saw each other. We got to hang out. You know, you got to show me that bag of Atari prototypes. Yeah. You got. You know, you were really excited. I'm always, I'm always happy for you when you come up to me. You're like, Stoy, guess what I got? And I was like, it's probably something really exciting. Show me. You know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I was there for you know quite a few of your finds and everything in the past. So. Yeah, you've, you've been there for some of the big ones. Yeah. And I think I have a picture of your hand hovering over my balls once. Uh, I think at Extra Life uh, a couple years probably. ago. Probably. Yeah. So, but I think my it was it was a weird thing. It was just, we didn't know what to do with our hands. So that's just where they went, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we're guys. So it happens. Dudes just hanging out. Yeah. I, I completely live with that. We were dudes just hanging out, talking, talking about video games. So playing video games. But uh, yeah, so Chris, where can our uh, where can our listeners follow you? What do you uh, what do you do? Uh, so I am on the Gaming Outsider. Uh, you can find our website at thegamingoutsider.com podcast. You can pretty much find us on anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then my uh, Twitter and Instagram handles, as well as my TikTok handle, is at GoCastChrisB. So explain the content that you provide on TikTok because I, that that's news to me. <laughs> Um, it's, it's very small. I'm, I'm just getting into that. You have to remember I'm an old man yeah. uh, in, in the TikTok world, mm-hmm. but, uh, just, I've, I've done a few videos on stuff that's in my collection and then, uh, bombing around doing my, my daily job working as a paramedic. Okay. That's cool. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fun creative outlet that I'm trying to learn, but horribly. The paramedic thing or the video, the TikTok thing? The TikTok thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> You're you're out there in the paramedic world trying to figure this out. Like shit, <laughs> what do what do I do? What do man? I do? I this guy's know. bleeding everywhere. There's part of his skull over there. And like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think my boss would hate me if I walked in and did that to him one day. Though you know what? I I think I should try it when I'm at the station. Yeah. One of these. How do I how do I do this? I, I don't remember how to start IVs today. Yeah, no kidding. This goes where? <laughs> I feel that way, too, because I work in I work in surgery. So, like, there's a lot of times where, like, hey, so could you go work in this case? Like, I'm too I'm too scared to say, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing there. Like, but it's like, yeah, sure. I'll give it a I'll give it a try. You know, um, I, I will still say to this day, orthopedic surgery scares the ever living hell out of me when you because it is when you it is, it's disturbing you, when you see what yeah. we do to you and what tools and uh, devices that we man. Let me say, let me tell you, the human skeletal system is one of the most resilient structures I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's easy to break a bone, but the amount of the amount of destruction that we can do and fix things at the same time, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I remember going through my paramedic rotation and the first time I saw a doctor pull out a wooden mallet during surgery. I'm like, what is that for? Oh, yeah, for sure. Just, just just sit and watch. You'll see. And I'm like, that's disturbing. So. You'll love this, actually. So when we do hip uh, replacements, we have to shove a rod about like, uh, well, I mean, I, I'm using layman's terms. We have to shove like kind of like a rod, like a stem in the in the femur about like, you know, I don't know, about 
six inches or whatever. So instead of taking kind of like a stick or whatever and hammering it down into the canal, you know, that's too much work nowadays. So now we have this big pneumatic gun. We're talking like it's almost like a foot long. It's about like, you know, the size of like a like a hammer drill, so to speak. And it provides pneumatic pressure. Oh, yeah. Onto like the, that, the cattle gun. Yeah. So we're talking like, dunk, 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 dunk. like you hear that like loud as hell. Like, in, man, it's something else. But it is amazing to like, you know, load the battery onto it. Because like every time you load a power, you know, a power drill or whatever, you got to load the battery on like it's a freaking handgun. And then you sit there like shooting the air thinking you're a badass with a pneumatic surgical gun, <laughs> whatever. Hey, I, I enjoy it. You enjoy it. Most people are going to be like, what is wrong with you too? Yeah, for sure. We're just beating up on bones. So, but yeah, um, no, that's cool. I mean, I, some people can work the medical field. Some people can't. So it's just whatever. Yeah. But, and there's but nothing Chris, wrong with that. But Chris, we're heroes. <laughs> Oh, don't give me that crap. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Everyone's like, oh, man, thank you for your what you do. I was like, do what? Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, cool. Well, uh, yeah, you guys have been um, uh, the gaming outsider. I've been listening to you guys for a very long time, obviously. And, um, you know, you guys are obviously some of my best friends. And every time we talk and hang out, it's always a good time. So really appreciate you hanging, you know, hanging with me tonight on uh, a new podcast. Some of you guys that may be listening to this thinking like, am I listening to the right podcast? Well, I'm brand new to this. Um, I have experience with my podcast, the EXP cast, and we've had you guys on before many times in the past. And uh, I was brought in as kind of like a new co-host of the show. So I am going to be co-hosting the show with Jesse and then some other members of the Boss Rush Games Network. But uh, today... Basically, I'm all by my lonesome, and Chris, thankfully, uh, was able to answer the call, answer, answer the podcast signal that I sent up into the air, and uh, you came calling, so I really appreciate yeah. that. But um, let me tell you, if you want to stop the X, you try your best. We're still fucking with your pockets like the IRS, quote the famous poet Exhibit. Oh, again, you, you, you love him much more than I do, but... <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't listen to him that much. I just had his first album back way back in the day. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that's about as far as I got too. Yep. 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 I had, um, I had pit my ride for the 360. I remember I still have it. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. I actually miss that show dearly. Yeah. Because some of the crazy stuff that they came up with, I, I will never forget one episode where this guy loved dance dance revolution. So they put dance dance revolution in his, in the trunk of his car. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Actually, I remember that one. Yeah. They put like this, the, they opened this trunk and they put this big screen TV in there or LCD, whatever it was at the time. And then a PlayStation two. And then, yeah, basically like they rolled up a little dance pad. So like you could pull your car up in a parking lot and then play dance dance revolution there, which why do you need that? Because why not? You're right. You're right. You know, I, I will say that the one that I missed, I, the one that I absolutely thought was the funniest was the time they put a fish tank with actual fish in it in between two enormous subwoofers. And I'm like, that's not going to work out well. Wow. Why? <laughs> I'm like, 
do we just vibrate fish to death here? Like, why why are you doing this? He's like, oh, but I like aquariums. Yeah, but in your car? Yeah. I'm like, can you just imagine on a hot summer day? Be like, I, I just cook my fish, bro, in, in here. Yeah. It's a great idea. I can't imagine a lot of those cars being very functional after the fact. Like, it would be cool to see, like, you know, after Pit My Ride to see, like, what happens to these cars. Because, man. Pit My Ride reunion. Yeah. Somebody rolls up in their Toyota Camry that's been completely decked out, but like 15 years later. Yeah. Yeah. The fish are all dead. I actually don't know how to open the fish tank to put in new fish. So they're just sitting there. Ugh. <laughs> Interesting. So anyway, yeah, um, we are part of the uh, Boss Rush Games Network. It's a, you know, they have a bunch of podcasts. They're uh, flagship podcasts, but uh there's definitely a lot of other content creators out there like the uh, grand old boys at the EXP cast. Uh, and then you got WASD and beyond Lord together tower casuals. That's an all destiny podcast, which apparently destiny is still a big thing. Um, I'm happy for them. One V one podcast with like, you know, one-on-one interviews. Uh, you got the Nintendo power block and the crossroads, the PlayStation podcast. So then they also have some other like entertainment style podcasts like Rope Talk. It's like a wrestling podcast. And then you also have Land Party and Trash Talk, a sports podcast. So you watching the Olympics at all? Uh, I have been following uh, not not religiously, but um, it's it still amazes me that uh, I, we were we were able to pull it off. It, it is a little disturbing seeing everything say 2020 Olympics. Yeah. yeah. And when they're like, oh, my gosh, it's 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 as quiet as a pin drop in here as this as this dive is performed. And I'm like, dude, there's there's nobody in the stands. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, but yeah, I, bravo to some of these uh, athletes. I mean, way to, way to keep it going. Uh, I'm I've been thoroughly entertained with some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, not really surprised by some of the results, but nope. China's still paving the way. You know, they have a. They have an athlete factory going on in that country. I was, uh, I, I was even, wa- it's even weird, like watching like volleyball, like women's volleyball. Um, you know, the, the crowd is always so energetic at some of those games, but then like you hear no one in the crowd and you hear every little thing that every player says in that court. It's just like, it's kind of weird. Like it was like watching, um, I can't imagine like watching the NFL and stuff like that with empty stadiums last year. I know watching soccer last year, like, you know, Premier League. Yeah. Like you can actually hear every curse word everyone is saying on the field. It's amazing. It is. Uh but yeah. I my my biggest problem with the Olympics, though, whether whether it's over there, over here, wherever it is in the world, all the stuff that I want to watch is on at the dumbest times of the day. Mm-hmm. Judo, taekwondo, fencing, the shooting sports. It's always like, oh yeah, it's two in the morning. Great. Great. Thanks, guys. Yeah. You don't want to watch the replay because, well, you know, you're going to Google what happened. So yep. unless you got good, uh, unless you got good restriction on yourself. I, I, was actually yeah, reading, I, I was actually reading that they took out Greco Roman wrestling for a while. Yeah, but they, they, they took that out and they brought it back. Apparently I, uh, this Olympics, I think they brought it back. This is it, is it this one or is it the next one that they're bringing it back? I forget because I know they like voted to actually reinstate it because it's like, this is the oldest Olympic sport. How can you take out the oldest Olympic sport? You know? Yeah. I, I, I go ahead. It, it said it's, it's sad because they take that out, 
but they leave in badminton. Mm-hmm. And windsurfing. Windsurfing yeah. is an Olympic sport. And they're going to bring in video game esports at the next one. Oh, man. I'm, I'm excited for that. But at the same time, I'm like, can we just be our own thing in gaming? Yeah. Like, let's have the video game Olympics. Let's like, let's just do that. Actually, yeah, that would probably be better. You can combine, you know, fighting games, first person shooters and, you know, MMO games. Like, yeah, I like that idea. You know what? Let, let's start it. We'll, we'll start it up. You and me. All right, let's go. Yep. Let's go. We'll call it the CBSJ Olympics. Uh, there we go. I'm okay with that. That's a tentative name, but we'll most likely stick with that at the end. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that's the, the, there's a lot of content on the website. There's a lot of uh, news pieces, articles, uh, banter pieces, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, apparently, one of the biggest performers on the website, everybody loves this high school musical, the show, the musical, the show, the musical. I don't know what the title is, but apparently everyone loves this show. Hmm. But it's getting canceled. But everyone still loves it. I don't understand. So yeah, I've never really stood for High School Musical. I it's not really my cup of tea, man. Yeah, same, same. So, well, uh, yeah, I guess uh, moving on to the next. uh, And on that note, moving on to the next piece of uh, piece of the podcast, uh, the section it's called "What's in Your Arsenal." They ever these guys love their little taglines and their little slogans. So, uh, for those that don't know. And me, I had to learn this. This means, what are you currently playing? So, Chris, what is in your arsenal? Uh, currently, I've been playing an ungodly amount of Microsoft Flight Simulator. I imagine it takes up a lot of your time. <laughs> I've put over 24 hours in already. Wow. Yeah. So, so I saw I saw you posted a picture once of you landing in your backyard. Yes. Quite literally. So the maps, I mean, obviously that's not your house from what you said. No. Yeah. It's it's generic house number four, I guess. I don't know. Okay. But the actual roadmaps are pretty accurate. There's um, a small grass airport about uh, four or five miles from my house. So it took off from that and literally just followed the roads back to my house and uh, attempted to land. On my street, but failed miserably. <laughs> okay. Do they, um, do, do they populate cars or anything, or is it just yeah. empty streets? Wow. Um, cars are there. So as you're driving, you can actually see cars driving down the streets. Uh, when you get closer, they do disappear. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm not quite sure where it is, but there is a point in the game where once you drop below it, the graphics start to shift quite a bit. It's probably like right around 50, 50 to 100 feet. Okay. But once you drop below that, you're like, ooh, ooh, graphics took a hard shift towards the negative. But other than that, when you're up in the air, man, this game is beautiful. And it handles it handles wonderfully. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been playing on a mix of both my controller and the uh, HOTAS flight stick. Okay. And it it is probably one of the most relaxing games i've played in a long time oh wow because it, it i mean like say if you wanted to take off from rockford or milwaukee or chicago or whatever and you want to fly to i don't know england or whatever like that is it real time or is it kind of like it is real time oh okay 
Yeah. Um, one, I, the longest flight I've done so far was from O'Hare to Denver. Okay. And that was real time flight, like minute per minute. Wow. Okay. I thought like there would be some sort of like time warping or something like that or whatever. Like, okay, you want to fly to, you know, from Orlando to England or something like that. It's, we're going to make the flight like 10 minutes long or something like that, whatever. So, wow. No. Yeah. It actually scares me because, you know, I like to chase achievements. Yeah. And one of the achievements is from parking. So when you start in a parking spot in an airport, you literally have to start up the airplane. Like it is completely shut off from a cold start. Oh, so whole checklist and everything. Take off, fly an eight hour flight without assistance, land, park and shut the plane down. Wow. Wow. I mean, you got to yeah. take you got to take out almost like your whole day for that. Yeah, that that is going to be a like I'm committing a day to this. OK, you're, that's a colossal achievement. Yeah, I I'm still kind of amazed that that even made it in the game. But at some point in time, I will attempt it. OK, no. Yeah. Like, like you said, it sounds pretty relaxing. Like I imagine you're above the clouds and, you know, the amount of detail. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. And real time weather too. lightning rainstorm uh i'm waiting for a hurricane to pop up because i want to see how well that goes okay so they have they have all manner of weather and it's it's actually weather that matches where you currently are too oh geez yeah they they put a lot to this it's the first time that my xbox like has kicked up to the point that i can hear the fan running really wow yeah so it's it's impressive i'll give it that um but yeah other than that uh, still trying to plug my way through Skyward Sword, which I'm really not becoming a fan of. Really? No. Everyone's been singing this game's praises. Uh, I don't like the controls. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really not for me. But then again, I've I do enjoy Zelda games, but this one just isn't really my cup of tea. So okay, is I'm, um... I'm still about not getting a loftwing amiibo so oh yeah uh, you and everybody else because that was a feature that was in the game in the wii version and the fact that they took it out and locked it behind an amiibo is just batshit crazy like to me like it's just wild but yeah it, nintendo gonna do what nintendo gonna do yeah so and people wonder why i spend the majority of my time on my xbox yeah Same. so I mean, uh, so yeah. are, are you playing with the are you playing with the motion controls? Or are you playing with the controller? Uh, I started with the motion controls and then quickly abandoned. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's it's mostly because my Joy Cons have uh, some severe drift issues. Oh, okay. Which is wild because like even like the new Joy Cons that they still come out with still have drift issues. Like it's just amazes me that Nintendo still hasn't fixed the problem. I mean, have you have you read the thing about the the OLED switch? What about it? It's the same Joy Cons. Same Joy Cons. Didn't change yeah. anything. Yep, they didn't change anything. Like, and I'm like, your brand new console, you're going to cause the same problems. Like, you could have fixed this by now. I mean, come on, guys. Well, yeah, there's like tons of YouTube videos of people fixing it by themselves using household products. Like, you guys are a major tech company. You know, who's sitting on a bank of like millions of dollars. You release a Mario game every year and everybody's like, I love Nintendo and still can't fix a broken controller. Nope. 
I'm willing to bet when you send them in to get them fixed, they just grab new ones off the shelf and they're like, here, have it back. Yeah, right. We fixed it for you. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, the only other thing that I've been playing an ungodly amount of is uh, The Binding of Isaac. You're a braver man than I am. Because poop jokes galore. Yeah. So, uh, so is this your first time playing it? Have you ever played it before? Uh, I I had dabbled in it a long time ago. But um, I recently picked it up and have been plowing through it to the point that I've unlocked two thirds of the endings mm. and um, about three quarters of the items. So. So are you I mean, you're into that sort of stuff, huh? You're like, I mean, what, what, what do I call that roguelike? Um, Pretty much roguelike. It's just roguelikes, but. There's very few of them that I like, mm-hmm. but this one, for some reason, uh, it's got its hooks in me and I can't stop playing it. Okay. So I love it. It's fun. It's dumb. Cool. It's my kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you got to appreciate games like that. Yeah. So what about you? What's what's in your arsenal? Ooh, like that. <laughs> um, I've been playing the great ace attorney. Um, I'm a big Phoenix Wright fan and, <clears throat> uh, I was excited for this one because this game, it, this is like two games in one. Uh, and they finally localized it for Western release for American audiences because this game, these games have been out in Japan for years. But it's like Capcom is like, no one in America wants to play this game. Why would we localize it? But, you know, the Phoenix Wright fan base is a rabid fan base. So they, they got what they wanted. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a Phoenix Wright game. It takes place way back, like we're talking like 1800s with one of Phoenix Wright's uh, ancestors. And uh, do you, you know the game series, right? Yeah, okay. I own I own a few. I haven't, I haven't dabbled as much as you have probably, but mm-hmm. I'm familiar. Okay, cool. All right. This is, um, so yeah, obviously this stars one of his ancestors, Phoenix Wright's ancestors, who is starting to become a lawyer and he's navigating through the, uh, the world of Japan in 1899 and travels to Great Britain to, you know, uh, learn their ways and whatever. And um, it's not as, uh, it, you know, it, it's good because it has its kind of, you know, Phoenix Wright style gameplay staples of just like investigating crime scenes and, you know, deducing, um, you know, clues in the environment. And even just like when you're in courtroom battles, like you're trying to convince, you know, you're, you're trying to convince juries now unlike you know my client is guilty or my client is or my, in this case my client is innocent but um it's it, it's not hooking me with the characters like the other phoenix right games the other phoenix right games had very good unique characters with kind of crazy little quips about them and this one has some characters that i'm like you know you're not i don't know you're not hooking me yet admittedly i'm only like two chapters in so Maybe I yeah. if if I play the game a little bit more, maybe I'll I'll gain an affinity to them. But I'm I'm not hooked quite yet. Okay, I mean, yeah, it sounds like, sounds like it may need a little more time to simmer. Yeah, for sure. Once you kind of start to get to know the characters a little bit, and I think that's that's always the problem with some games. It's like you you kind of think about the old games, um, and you think like I want that same experience, but you got you, you know you, you have to keep keep in mind that obviously. That those experiences spread out over like three or four titles versus like this is the first one with new characters in it 
that you have to kind of start all over again. Um, it reminds me of the Mass Effect thing. With like Mass Effect Andromeda, a lot of the old Mass Effect players... Uh, this is my one mention of Mass Effect per podcast, by the way. Um, it, it reminds me of like kind of uh, the fan base didn't latch on to Andromeda for a, a few reasons. But one of them is like, oh, I don't like the characters. It's like, well, you know, give them time to simmer. And I think you may enjoy to appreciate them. So. Fair enough. I talk about Mass Effect a lot. <laughs> I have a problem. Yeah, I. Well, it's it's okay because I think a lot of people do, and and I can appreciate it even though I've maybe only ever played one hour of Mass Effect in my life. Yeah, it's um, it's good. Isn't a, a, I, I saw a picture of Alyssa like hugging Garrus. Is that yes? Where was that? <laughs> I, meant to, I have no idea. I meant to ask I'm, about that. I've I've really come to learn that the more and more I talk to Alyssa, the more and more I am amazed at some of the stuff that she's been able to accomplish. Yeah. I, she she's awesome. Yeah, she's a really good addition to your guys' show. Really, really awesome. So Yeah. But uh yeah, otherwise, uh for Game Pass, I picked up the Ascent um this weekend. And Okay. Like top down dungeon crawler type games. Um aren't really my cup of tea, but like the art style of this really intrigued me because this is like, like the, the best way I can describe this game is like, um, cyberpunk meets, uh, Diablo two. And okay. You're selling, you're selling me. Yeah. And the, the, the attention to detail and the art direction of this game is, is stellar. Like, you know, you, you still have that top-down view where, like, the characters, the character that you control and all the other characters in the environment are kind of, like, you know, they're not pretty detail-wise, but the environments that you're in and the buildings and the structures and even just the trash all over, it's one big map. It's, okay. It's, it's a huge map, and you can go almost everywhere right at the, you know, at the same moment. It's just, you know, the enemies that you may encounter are, you know... Like I said, they're higher levels than you, so you got to level up, obviously. But um, yeah, it's it's so fluid in its gameplay. It's obviously you know gun based combat, and um, you know a lot of times you can kind of get overwhelmed, you know, by guys coming at you from all directions. But you have this like cool cover based mechanic where you can duck and like walk around and shoot over cover. So like you hold the L trigger, and that raises your gun, so you can actually like shoot over cover. And like maneuver around cover as enemies are still trying to swarm you. Like it's, it's so cool. Like when you get into these like man, you know, huge firefights, and just keeps the action going and keeps you moving. You stand still, you're dead pretty much. So yeah, I've, I I can definitely appreciate this game. Uh, I once we get done here, I may just go download this. Yeah, um, it's, it's you know, it, it's really like I said, I I'm so much more impressed with just the art design of this game than anything else because I like to and that's why I like I like to may, maybe pick up Flight Simulator at some point because I like to just appreciate things in the background or just the world and the environment around me because there's so much to look at in this game um, and the writing and the characters are kind of pretty unique too. all the characters that you encounter are, uh, are, are pretty unique too. like you got like your handler so to speak, whose name is Poon. He's a he's a colorful little character. But um yeah, he's he's got a little attitude that's just like, man, this guy's a piece of shit, but he's hilarious. <laughs> so 
<laughs> All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, it's thankfully it's not like what I was worried about. And, you know, this was the trend with a lot of these kind of like games is like, you know, the whole looter shooter thing where like everybody wants to be like borderlands where like, okay, like you're picking up new weapons and new armor and new gear, like every 10 seconds. So you're constantly going through your menu, cycling through the stats and all this stuff. And yeah, I'll upgrade this. Yeah, I'll go to this or yeah, no, I won't do this or whatever. Thankfully this game doesn't have that, but what it does is sometimes you pick up the same item more than once. Okay. So you'll have doubles of the same handgun or doubles of the same armor. But I mean, you could just sell those off and just, you know, no worries. But um, that was an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, oh, what was I recently? Have you played Dark Alliance yet? Yeah. You see, I that was one of the most irritating things of me with that game is the fact that it's like, oh, look, I'm going to keep dropping the same named items. Mm-hmm but I'm going to just adjust the slights ever so slightly. And I, I, I love those characters, mm-hmm. but that I, I abandoned that game super quickly. No. Yeah. I, Unf- I, I did for sure. Did you have the same kind of uh, difficulties? Uh, I, I'm, I hit almost level 20. Oh really? Okay. So you got a lot further than I did. Yeah. I, I've actually, I cleared more than half that map. And I did almost all of it solo. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I was I was pretty commonly bashing my face into a wall okay. <laughs> over how frustrating that game gets. Yeah. 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 Uh, Josh and I played it. We finished Act 1, I think, in its entirety. We finished the first, the, you know, the first area, whatever. And um, we both kind of like talked to each other at the end of it. And I, and we both said at the same time, almost that I don't think I want to play this game ever again. <laughs> but um, I mean, a game that showed a lot of promise, but still like. Yeah, know. that it, it definitely kind of fell on its face quite, quite hard. I didn't even look into it. I mean, it's going to require a lot of updating to fix it. I mean, yeah. And it, it's very sad because I know uh, myself and. Uh, a few other people that I co- commonly play with, um, Nate Lucas, uh, our producer, mm-hmm. he he and I both absolutely love uh, the Driz series, and we've we've been hyped on this game that game for a while, and it it's just very sad about how how hard like bad that game turned out. Yeah, and actually, Josh and I, when we were recording our episode earlier today, we actually both talked about the Ascent because we both played it. And um, we both were like so impressed with so much hype surrounding this game, The Ascent, and so much, you know, oh, it looks so good. It plays so well and all the demo footage that you see. And then, you know, it's weird nowadays with games like it's like you're so hyped about a game, but then all of a sudden you get it and it's like disappointing or it's full of technical errors or whatever that just kind of like really just kind of destroys you. Like it's kind of sad. So it was so pleasing for both of us to say, like, the Ascent came out, a lot of hype surrounding it, you know, between him and I, and then for it to come out and say, this game is just as good, if not better, than what I expected. And so happy that it's it's going that route. Yeah, um, I I can I can wholeheartedly agree that then that happens, it's glorious. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, no, I, like, like, like I said, this isn't, 
this isn't my type of game. I'm not usually excited for this, but uh, I, I think it's kind of like a like a like a dungeon like style game because it's it's primarily an action game. You know, it's just got that whole top down Diablo style viewpoint. But, you know, there's good story. There's good lore surrounding it. You know, the story surrounds like obviously the whole like futuristic. The world is controlled by corporations kind of thing. And you work for this corporation called The Ascent and you just do odd jobs for them. And then all of a sudden, like the beginning of the game starts where like your company just all of a sudden goes into bankruptcy and leaves you ass out and everybody else that works for that company. So you have to kind of team up with your handler and other kind of unscrupulous types to survive, at least, while shooting a bunch of people. The one, the one thing I like, I, I always kind of fear, I'm fearful of doing is uh, sometimes you'll be in a crowded neighborhood or a crowded area of like just bystanders, or whatever. Then all of a sudden enemies start swarming the screen and it, you're just like, no, these are innocent people here. And you're just like waving your gun and shooting at everybody. And you're just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's no rushing all over again. Yeah, I know. No kidding. It's like people are trying to run away from the gunfire and they're even like text based based. Uh, text-based uh, comments are coming up above them. Like, I'm going to get out of here. Like, no, you're in my way. Get out. Go. <laughs> just like killing innocent people. Then after everything's said and done, you're just kicking their dead bodies like ragdoll physics. Like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Don't bleed on my boots. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I got blood on my shoes. now. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's good. Like it's, like I said, I think you'd get into it. I think you'll really like the music. I think the sound the sound is glorious. Like every every gun has a really good punch to it. The explosions have really good bass to it. Like it's just it sounds so good. You know, the shotgun just sounds amazing. So All right, Paul. You sold me. Yeah. I'll I'll download it once we get done. Yeah, and um I played I actually in prep for this episode, um, I thought about, you know, one Xbox exclusive that uh should have made this list that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, uh, Sunset Overdrive. So I played a lot of that last night, um, but I'll talk about that later, kind of once we go through the list. But um, well, I'm, I'm curious, did you play it before? Yeah, I've played it before, actually. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I just pulled it out. I dusted it off the shelf and uh, played it again. <clears throat> so it was a great game. I mean. Yes. Was, yes, it was. I mean, it's a, Insomniac. So, and it was weird that they're, I mean, they're now a Sony studio and I don't think they own the rights to sunset overdrive anymore. Um, no, I think Xbox still retains that. Yeah. Cause there was always like, yeah, there was always like, I think the story of like when Sony bought insomniac, they became a proprietary studio. Like would they take sunset overdrive with them? But yeah, that was a hard no. <laughs> no, nope. So that's going to be a shame too. Cause I really wanted a sequel. I, I, you know, yeah, it's the thing. I would love for them to make the sequel. I would love for yes. Insomniac to make the sequel because the first one was so good. So well polished. A lot of that transferred to, um, uh, Spider-Man. Yes. You know? So a lot of that stuff that they were kind of messing around with, it's like, yeah, this is something straight out of Spider-Man, which is really cool. Cause like the traversal elements and just the, the moving around. So, but, uh, I would, I'd be afraid if another studio would pick it up, like it just wouldn't be the same. Yeah, I could, I could definitely agree with that. I, I don't think that 
there's not too many studios out there that I think that could do that game of justice. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. So, well, moving on uh, to our, uh, I don't have a cool tagline for this part. What should we call it? Uh, um, Arsenal topic. Hmm. Um, Man. Yeah, I didn't prep for this. Well, the, the, the rundown. The rundown. Yeah. In, in honor of Sean William Scott. Yeah. And The Rock. Um, so the Arsenal rundown, where this is our main topic of the show, where we actually talk about, uh, you know, topics obviously related to Xbox. Uh, so recently IGN put out a video on their YouTube page, uh, basically ordering the top, the top 10 exclusives to the Xbox uh, family, basically. So starting from the original Xbox all the way up to now Series X. And uh, the Xbox this year is 20 years old. So it's kind of like a cool way, cool homage to some of the old games that came up before. And obviously the games that still have yet to come out. Um, But uh, yeah, their top 10 list they went through. It's, you know, it's pretty, you know, predictable list. You know, it's got those heavy hitters that we all expect. Like we obviously expect Halo to be on there. We expect Gears of War to be on there. Um, But Unfortunately, they have to limit it to 10 because there's so many other different um, exclusives to the Xbox that should have been on this list. But, you know, you got to come up with 10. So that's that. Yeah. And I I will say, I think they did put a very good list together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So Um, like I said, none of these are bad. Like none of these don't belong on here at all. But, you know, like I said, you got to make a list of 10 and there's probably some that were probably sitting on the you know cusp and maybe didn't make the cut but we're here to save the day yes we're, we're here to give some other exclusives a chance so yeah um this is like a top 20 maybe yeah yeah, yeah. we could we could do that yeah and you know what i i came I, while we were sitting here thinking about this as as you were as you were describing what we're about to do i came up with the perfect name for this section oh okay what is it unloading the arsenal Unloading the arsenal. Yes. Those are guns. Those are gun sounds. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Unloading the arsenal. I'm going to put that in the notes. So I, uh, unloading the arsenal. All right, cool. So <clears throat> we're going to start from the bottom and we're going to kind of go from there in terms of what we, uh, you know, what IGN went through with their list. Uh, the first one was Geometry Wars, which has an interesting history because it was a small little mini game in loading screens during the project in the project Gotham racing game. Yeah. And Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I didn't play as much as the original, but the geometry wars, like the sequels, like uh, evolved. Mm -hmm. I played the crap out of. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Because that, those kind of games gave rise to the digital age because you know, you could sell that game for five, ten bucks and have a blast with it because, um, like I said, yeah, that was meant to be in loading screens, but the game was so addicting and so fun that a lot of people stayed on to play, to just play that and not even play the racing components of Project Gotham. It even had leaderboards. So, like, yeah. you can actually post score your high scores and compare them to your friends and stuff like that, which, so obviously it evolved to, you know, getting its own full-fledged game, at least a couple versions of it. Yeah, it, it, and it's weird to think about uh, 
a, a game basically building its own little franchise off of something that was originally not meant to even be much of anything. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a game basically where you know the right stick or, or the left stick moves your little. You got this little C-shaped object, you know, in this flat screen, and um, the right stick is like your continuous shooting, you know, whatever, and all these particles are coming at you. So a lot of it, I think the gorgeous part of it was how smooth it ran and how colorful it was. And it was just like pleasing to the eye just to see, you know, you mow down like all these particles and all these enemies that kind of spawn the screen and just launching that bomb that just destroys everything on the screen. Oh, magnificent. Yeah. I mean, and and before then, I can't think of the the last time we had a truly good twin stick shooter like that. Yeah, because there was a lot of copycats to come out afterwards. But yep. And I, and I think it kind of faded away pretty quickly, unfortunately. Yeah, a lot of a lot of them did. Uh, but I know Geometry Wars, it's it's still kind of sticking there. It's it's always in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say it. it phased away pretty quickly because house marquee you know stuck around with that genre for a while i mean you had risogan which was like a playstation 4 title and even uh next machina i think that was kind of like yeah. a little twin stick shooter type thing but um yeah i would say after that i think that's where it kind of faded into obscurity yeah i mean I, every now and then a few come out uh scott had me one called uh play one called helmet oh yeah i heard of that one yeah, it's all right. I I hate it because they're they do the the cardinal sin of achievements where an achievement is like one point or three points Ugh. instead of fives or tens. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it, that pisses me off. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, t- well, why don't you take the next one? Uh, so the next one is the ever famous Dead Rising, which I still play to this day. Yeah, I love Dead Rising. I love uh, it too. I mean, what a perfect concept. I mean, you, you take the, the great premise of Dawn of the Dead and make it into a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just who doesn't love mowing down zombies and, and being ridiculous? Yeah, that, that that was the thing, because like there was tons of zombies populated on the screen. And to yeah. have the game run smoothly with, you know, hundreds of zombies like in your way and just what would it be like to like make a chainsaw? on a on a hockey stick and then just mow zombies down continuously this game provides that for you oh i mean come on nothing's better than beating a fish to death uh, yeah beating beating a zombie to death with a fish yeah i'm kidding yeah or even just like throwing uh cds at zombies yeah you know you go to the music store uh, grab a bunch of cds and god what was it the, the third one where you could make the dildo gun you, oh I, th- I think you're talking about are you talking about saints row no, no, you're right. There, the third one. Yeah. It had the dildo gun because you shot it and it stuck in their mouth and then they couldn't bite you. Yep. Yep. That, no, I remember. <laughs> I forgot about that because <sighs> that always reminds me of the, the dildo bat in Saints Row the third. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, this uh, this game made it to four titles. Yeah. Um, te- technically more because it had the side story ones. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it had Frank West. Um, they had a side story, I think, with him because Frank West came back in the fourth one. Yep. 
but but as far as uh, main entries, yes, four were done, and I, I to this day I I love the boss battles the most, just like mm-hmm. those r- ridiculous stupid cutscenes showing these like stupid bosses. Yeah, psychotic in nature, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I think was it it was the third or the fourth one that had the the lady at the buffet that she had to uh, kill. That, that one was, was that disturbing. Was that was the second one. That was kind of scary. Yeah, that was the yeah. second one because that was the one in Vegas, so to speak. But um, Yeah, I, I think they brought it back in the third one, too. Like, you go into a restaurant, and she's on a hover round. Oh, hmm. I don't know. It's been a while since I played those because I don't even know when the last one came out. But, oh, it's uh, been years. Yeah, it's been years, I know, because um, Dead Rising 3 was a, a launch title, I remember, for the Xbox One. Yep. And then I think... Yeah, and then... Four was pretty lackluster compared to the first three. Yeah. I think it just lost a little bit of that campiness. Like, I think three and four wanted to be really gritty, really kind of realistic in a way. But, you know, I, I think they lost a little bit of that campiness that, that made the first two really good. Yeah. Plus, when you start to make them so big and open world like that, I liked just the premise of being in a mall. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. You didn't need to make it super huge. Uh, it was good enough. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, the, the only thing I didn't like about it was the, the, the timed missions. Um, yes. Because occasionally I would get lost. You know, it's like, oh, hey, do this mission in like 20 minutes or it'll go away. And it's like you're on your way, but all of a sudden you get lost in the shuffle of just trying to, you know, kill zombies as crazily as you can. And you lose track of time. So but otherwise, no, the game was great. Yeah. <clears throat> Now, Sea of Thieves is the next one. And admittedly, I've never played this title. Have you? I've played it quite a bit. Okay. All right, cool. It's it's fun. Uh, it's it's cartoony pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, if, if I was going to play a pirate game, I would prefer to play Black Flag. Yeah. But, uh, no, Sea, sea of Thieves is very good. Uh, I'm kind of stuck with it until uh, Skull and Bones comes out. Is it really coming out, though? I hope so, man. Yeah. I I need it. Mm-hmm. I love pirate games. Uh, but no, uh, Sea of Thieves has actually been a lot of fun, but admittedly, it's not as fun to play by yourself. This is definitely a game that you need um, friends to play. It's like having a good D&D campaign. Right. You need a core group to just continuously play with. Without that, it kind of just loses a little bit for me. Uh but overall, great game. I mean, the, it's stuck around this far, that, and it's it's one of the few Xbox games that has constantly received updates. Yeah, like Rare keeps pushing out update after update, and I think coming up soon next month, they have that Pirates of the Caribbean update, you know, with Jack Sparrow. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I give them props. I mean, it still has a huge player base. Mm-hmm. It's good. So, uh yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun to play. Uh, it's it's definitely easy to get in and get out. Just play a little bit, have some fun with a few missions, collect some stuff, get off. But I enjoy it. It's fun. Cool. Would I put it in? Would I put it in the top ten? Mm, I don't know, but it'd be up there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's probably why it's at the bottom. I guess seven in this case. But um, next up is Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, which was. Uh, Bioware's like kind of first big 
open world RPG, not, not open world, but like big, like kind of like RPG with choice <clears throat> and consequence. Um, the game is actually part of star Wars canon officially. Um, yes. Where this game actually take place, took place 4,000 years before uh, episode one. So yeah. you got to see a little bit of the Jedi at the height of their power, you know, fighting the dark side and stuff. And, uh, you know, with some iconic villains and some iconic uh, characters that you play with and whatever. And, uh, you know, a pretty big shock, uh, you know, a lot of twists in the story, but, you know, a really good RPG to really delve into if you want, if you want to experience a lot of the lore of some of the earlier empires. Yes. Um, I mean, it, it's good enough fact that people still uh, rank it up there with some of the best Star Wars games out there. To this day, people still continuously play this. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach from our show just recently played through this again. Yeah, this is actually playable on Xbox One and Series X. Like you could yeah. you have the disc, you pop it in the system and yeah, you could play it like obviously upgraded, uh, you know, updated resolution. But yeah, you could you could play it. And and the story still holds. Yeah, it really does. You know, the voice acting still holds. Um, I didn't realize this. But um, I think in the opening intro of the game where, you know, people board your ship, uh, that same intro scene was reused in Mass Effect 2. Really? They just reskin it? Yeah, they basically it was like the scene where, like, they showed a close up of your character's face and the, sh- the, the, the ship shakes, you know, and whatever. And you get up and you get out of your bed. They use that same exact intro in Mass Effect 2. I didn't realize that. I totally blew my mind. I was like, I totally forgot about that. Didn't even think of that. So, yeah, didn't even know. Yeah. Uh, why don't you uh, take the next one? Uh, next one is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. What an utterly gorgeous game. Probably one of the best looking Metroidvania games of all time. Like just gorgeous. Yes. Um, I mean, I I cannot ever stop recommending this series, like both this one and Will of the Wisps to people. Mm-hmm. Um, some some great combat, a lot of fun. It it never overstates its welcome. Yeah, and uh, I I will openly admit, in the second one, I I did shed a tear. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's some powerful storytelling for a a game where the character just doesn't speak. Yeah, even just I mean, I I shed a tear in the in the beginning of the first one, you know, and just the amount of emotion that they can pack in in just a few minutes to really hook you right away to say like, this game is something special, you know? Yes. And some of the great, some of the best musical composition, like even just some of the chase sequences where like the, the music intensity amps up and just, you know, it really gets you in. Yeah. And at no point in time, does it ever feel unfair? Yeah. Like if, if you, if you die in the game, like you knew you screwed up. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's one of the few times that I think a game has just come together to be damn near perfect. Yeah. Yeah. In every way, just no hiccups, no frame rate issues, no yeah unfairness. Everything is fairly balanced. Yeah, I, I agree. Like no flaws whatsoever. No. Either title. Yeah. It, it, like I said, it's it's just the damn near perfect game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Want, definitely top there. Top on the Xbox list. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, 
Elder Scrolls Oblivion made it up there too at uh, the halfway point number five. Um, this, <clears throat> I played a little bit of this and it, uh, admittedly it's been a long time because I remember at the time uh, this was an ambitious and huge RPG, you know, and this was before, you know, the Western RPGs became a big thing. And yeah. I, I just remember my friends telling me, you got to play Oblivion. You love this. You'll you love the story. You love the characters. And, you know, it brought in, it ushered in a lot of the staples of, you know, having a night and day cycle, needing to sleep, needing to kind of gain sustenance, um, you know, pack issues with like trying to, you know, you can't carry too much stuff. And even like, um, you know, trying to complete certain missions at nighttime versus daytime to make it easier for yourself. And even just like, talking with, you know, townspeople and townsfolk and stuff is, you know, the writing and the acting on that is second to none, even to this day. Oh, I mean, you've got Patrick Stewart and Sean Bean in it. Yeah. Some of the best um, voice actors out there. Yeah. For, for me, uh, I also did, this is, uh, I did not get very far in this game. Same here. Yeah. I, I played a lot, but I completed Morrowind and Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just something about Oblivion that really didn't click with me. And I don't know what it is. Like, I've tried going back and playing it multiple times. Uh, it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just something about it that does it, – it didn't hit for me. Mm-hmm. But I I still want to go through and finish it because I have had so many people say that once you get to, like, this far in the game, it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. So maybe this is one that I just need to really sit down and go back and take another crack at. Yeah. And kind of push through it. I, I know I, I've always, I've, I've heard that with that game. I've even heard it with Skyrim because I got really far into Skyrim and I think I just kind of fell off and was just like, I, I think I'm done. But um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I almost hate it when people say, Oh, just play 10 hours of it and you know, it'll get better. It'll get better. It's like, Sometimes I think I shouldn't have to wait that long. Well, I mean, I get that all the time with Mass Effect. Everybody's like, skip one, just go straight to two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. I mean, you could possibly skip the first one and go to two, but you would miss a lot of, you know, character. Yeah. But sometimes it's not for everybody, and that's okay. Yeah. So. Um, now the next one speaks my language. Hell yeah. Gears of War. Yep. I mean, what what Xbox fan would not have this on their list? Yeah. I mean, I, it, it, it literally revitalized third-person shooting, or uh, yeah. the, the third-person shooter uh, genre. Yeah, well, especially the third, third-person cover-based shooting. Mm-hmm. I, again, one of the few games that is really hard to find a flaw. Yeah. Um, the... Not not only is the sh- the shooting phenomenal, uh, the movement is phenomenal. The storytelling is great. Yeah. Uh, to to the point, like right now, I'm I'm still clamoring for Gear Six. Yeah. Like I I need I need resolution to this story. Mm-hmm. Um, just the whole Gears franchise. I think the only one that I never really played was uh, Judgment. Judgment was like a mini game, you know, it was, um, 
it was a, it was a good title. It was made by the people people can fly. You know the developers that yeah. did uh, Bulletstorm and stuff. And you know they did a good job, but it was like just horde mode after horde mode after horde mode. It wasn't really like a good, well developed story like the other ones. But they knew that going in, obviously. But um, no, yeah, yeah. The the characters really is kind of what sunk it in for you when uh, when people would create such an attachment to a Carmine in every in every <laughs> game. You know, it's like, you know, Carmine was like kind of like the 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 butt of the joke of just like okay, he dies in every game, but it's like in the beginning of every game, but still like you kind of cared about him. I think there was like a campaign to have save Carmine, Car- yeah, yeah, save Carmine or kill Carmine. And I think it, it, yeah, it turned out save Carmine one, but he was a badass in that game too. Like they, they turned him into a really key member of your party. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, between Carmine, Coltrane, Dom. Yep. I mean, even, even Marcus, uh, I, I, I have my nice big Marcus Phoenix statue in the game room. It, he, he stares at me. He keeps, he keeps watch. Yeah. He makes sure, makes sure you're doing all right. Yeah, in case in case I have an emergency hole show up in my room, you know, he's ready. Yeah, ready to throw that. Yeah, the, one of my favorite weapons in that was the um the the grenades. Yes. It was like on a on a ball and chain and just yeah, like you know, plugging up emergency holes with those things was always super satisfying and having those land in the right spots, man. One of the best grenades in games. I mean, hands down. Oh, the, come on, man. It's all about the torque bow, too, though. Oh, yeah, the torque bow, too. When that lands, oh, so good. <laughs> it is, especially multiplayer maps or just horde mode, when you watch that shot sink perfect, mm-hmm. and you're like, you're about to have a real bad time. Yeah, right, because this is, I'm going to end this whole man's career. Bam, and that sound. Yep. But, and obviously we got to give props to the, you know, the Lancer, the uh, most, one of the most epic assault rifles in video games today with the uh, yeah. chainsaw on the bottom. I, I vaguely believe there's, there's one not that far from you. Nope. It's uh, about five feet that way. It's on my wall. And I'm a little jealous to this day. Yeah. That was the last one I found at Best Buy. I remember I calling a few of them one day and the guy was like, yeah, we got one left. And I was like. You put it, you, you keep an eye on it, sir. And I want you to stand right above it for the next half hour because I'm going to be there and I'm going to buy that shit. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, I'm jealous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you could you couldn't go wrong with any title. I mean, obviously, Gears of War is the first one is obviously the revolutionary title. But, you know, all of them stood up, stood up on their own. So, yeah, even the tactics ones. Yeah, I didn't play the tactics one. There's, it's still fun. Cool. Uh, the gears pop one. I mean, I it's still loaded on my phone. Mm-hmm. I still play it a little. Okay. Cool. Uh, Fable is next, and this game kind of also was revolutionary to uh, RPGs because this gave you the option to have relationships and also get divorces when those things didn't work out well. Um, I think even the second one, you can have a dog as a companion. Yeah. Um, but uh, go ahead. It's it's one of the few games that you can pretty much just about do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And every and every mission had like kind of like a, a good and bad ending to it. So yep. y- you could completely fuck up the ending of a, of a mission and 
you know, the game would still go on, but that would alter not only the state of the world, but the state of your character as well. Yes. I mean, to the point that I, I played through the first one twice mm-hmm. and I was just like, mm, first, first time through, I, I did the, like, I'm going to be a saint, be very, very good. Second time through, I was a dick. Yeah. An utter dick <laughs> to like everybody just like go and kick kids. <laughs> and yeah, it, it definitely puts a, a whole new spin on making the game hard mode. Oh, yeah. People are like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to sell anything to you, man. And it still looks good. I actually just reloaded uh, the Fable Anniversary, like the first one mm-hmm. on my Series X. Uh, it it still mm, still looks pretty damn good. Yeah, the animation actually looks, I mean, still stands up pretty good, not only in just like fighting and combat, but even just, you know, talking with people like just they're kind of like they're not stiff. They're like it's pretty organic conversation. Yes. So uh, next one, I don't know if you're not a racing fan, right? I am a racing fan. You are? I'm not an arcade racing fan. Oh, I watch F1, man. Yeah, did you watch F1 this morning? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh man, what a what a crazy it's, crazy day. It's been that very was. hard. Yeah, it's been very hard the past few years because I mean, I I definitely came up in F1 like when when Michael Schumacher was still around and like Jaime Algarve. Right. Uh, before before Fernando left Renault and mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> yeah um well now obviously you got Alonso back. And uh, you got Mick Schumacher, his son, Michael Schumacher's son, racing. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was a shakeup today, and and I think a lot of like six people crashed out in the first lap, and uh, there was a whole thing. But we can Is talk Lewis about still that a dick. Who? Is Lewis still a dick? He's trying not to be, you know. But he's, you know, I don't know, whatever. He's. Uh, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people booed him at Hungary. And he was walking around like, bah, this adds fuel to me now. Ha ha. Blocking the yeah. haters. But the, um, so Forza Horizon 4 is second on this list. And a lot of people claim that this is kind of the best her- title in the Horizon series, which I think it's three. But I'll give props to four because um, th- this game is like kind of like a, it's a simulation racer, but with arcade um Elements. sensibilities yeah because this isn't like a motorsport where like it's fully simulation uh this is kind of like a there's no you know y- you could drive a ferrari aventador no a lamborghini aventador on on grass and sand and stuff and still have a grand old time without causing any damage to your car which still kind of like bugs me a little bit but whatever yeah um but uh you know it's got these fun crazy bombastic moments of like Okay, you're gonna take this uh, Ashton Martin Vulcan, and uh, you're gonna race a uh, fighter jet, you know, and some of those crazy moments too, like that, where it's like, okay, you're gonna race a train or you're gonna race a speedboat, like really cool elements to it. In the meantime, you know, driving around this big open area and just doing like little missions, getting in races and stuff like that. Yeah. Um- now, see, I, I don't have as much experience with the Forza Horizon series. Mm-hmm. Uh, S- Scott loves them to death. They're, yeah. they're his absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always a fan of just the regular Forza series. Motorsport series, yeah. Yep. And for me, it's funny because my favorite Forza is 4. 
Okay. And and, and it's a, for a really dumb reason, but uh, that was when the cast of Top Gear yeah. signed on and did all the like showroom, like talking about the vehicles. Because mm-hmm. I'm a massive top, like I love Clarkson, May, and Hammond. So you like the Grand Tour? Oh yes. Oh yeah. I I adore the Grand Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I I actually bought two copies of that game, <laughs> the the special edition. So you had all that. Mm-hmm. I left one sealed, and I have one opened, and I've played through it multiple times. I I'm I'm old enough that I've played through the Grand Turismo the Grand Turismo series yep. on PlayStation. Uh, I've played the Forza series. I've played every single one of them, mm-hmm. both sides. And I prefer the Forza series because I think they put a little more love and detail into the vehicles. Yeah. And the, and the feel of them, like um, every car feels uniquely different in the motorsports yes. series where like, I feel like they just kind of copy and paste with a lot of the Gran Turismo stuff over time. But um, you know, yeah, I'm I'm more of a fan of the motorsports series, but I think, the horizon series is a good entry point into the racing simulation game, you know? Yes. Because, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's forgiving in a lot of ways. And I mean, the horizon series is gorgeous for as Forza horizon four with the upgrade to the series X looks absolutely amazing. Oh, believe me. I'm, I'm, this is the first time the horizon series. I'm actually clamoring for five. Yeah. I mean, just those skies look so gorgeous. Yeah. I just, it, you know, I just like the watching the breakdown video of it. They're like, Hey, check out these, this uh, Vista here with all these cactuses that we designed every needle on this cactus and stuff. And look at all these uh, gorgeous scenery here. And it's like, you're thinking, ah, oh, that's a, that's where they got the inspiration for the game that all of a sudden, boom, gameplay. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that, uh, I was sitting next to Scott during E3 when they were showing that, and they're like, oh, yeah, all the skies. We filmed lifetime 24 hours with 12K cameras. I'm like, we have that? Yeah. Like, I, I I, haven't even seen – I hadn't even seen an 8K TV yet, and I'm like, we have 12K? Like, who who the fuck's got this, bro? <laughs> no kidding. Like, why is this not in my house? Yeah, I know, exactly. I'm looking at my 4K TV like, ugh, so old. <laughs> yeah. But – um. No, yeah, the Horizon series is a good entry point, especially if you're a racing fan. And uh, it's, you know, it's super fun. Uh, it's got these, like, kind of, like, co-op elements to it where you can race with other people and race against other people. At Forza Horizon 4, you even had a Halo campaign where you actually get to race with the Warthog and a lot oh, of uh, simulated Halo missions. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just wish they would have put a slash mark there, though, and just put Forza Motorsport next to the forza horizon yeah yeah i i know we'll talk about that later but oh yeah um, last one obviously we know what the last halo. one is halo yeah i mean do we do we need to beat this dead horse i mean it's halo it's halo i mean combat evolved was the first one that kind of revolutionized the first person shooter genre and then halo 2 came and said hey you, you you like playing games with other people yeah uh get all your buddies get eight xboxes together hook them all together in someone's basement and man, some of the best times you'll have ever had back did, then. Did you actually ever do a full eight person? No. Back then? <laughs> the most I ever did was four. Oof. We we did an eight person once. Yeah. And that was a logistical nightmare. I can only imagine. Because back then, like we, we were all kids and parents would be like, um, 
you're not taking that out of the house. Yeah, because it's not like, you know, you pick up a small, like, flat screen TV. You were talking about big ass tube TVs. Oh, yeah. Back then. I mean, you, you were the, you were the badass kid if if you had a, a flat panel tube TV. Right. Yeah. And those TVs were sometimes heavier than the other ones. Yeah. But yeah, no, Um. you know, some some good sci fi elements to it. Uh, the Halo series is still going strong, obviously, with um, they just released the beta to Infinite uh, and multiplayer. And apparently it's been getting some pretty good, good, solid feedback uh, from a lot of people who have played it online. But, um, you know, it still maintains a really strong campaign. Uh, like I said, I think Halo 2 was what skyrocketed it into being one of the best series of all time. And, um, you know, it kept pushing the genre further and further. Um, Halo five, I, I thought had probably the more interesting and unique story that I think really divided the fan base to where like not a lot yeah. of people cared about playing with playing as John Locke, you know? Yeah. Uh, I could definitely agree with that. Um, I, for me, I've, I've loved all, all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Halo all the way Reach. through actually Halo reach is probably top for me. One of the best endings. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I, you, you knew how it was going to end, and it was like it, it 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 didn't make it that much more easy to deal with. <laughs> no, it it is definitely one of the the more rough game endings to deal with. Yeah, because and uh, like I I just remember that scene. I played. I really lasted as long as I could. Like I was like, I am not dying here. Like you knew kind of going into it like this is where like the game ends when i die but i was i was man it was one of those things like i'm getting goosebumps actually thinking about it now but i'm just like i am not going down without a fight and i lasted as long as i could you know yep man Uh, (laughs) i i don't know if you remember but for for me like i i remember the the tv campaign for halo 3 oh yeah to me that that for me was the pinnacle of video game TV advertisements mm-hmm. because just those live action, like I was there. I remember the chief fighting mm-hmm. like just some of them, like most awesome stuff put together. And, and like just the fact that you have a, uh, a game franchise that a company cares about so much that they're going to put that kind of budget into making something. And the fans just ate it up. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. Halo's yeah, definitely Microsoft's biggest, biggest franchise. And it's yes. spawned, it's spawned into obviously spin-off titles like Reach and well, Reach can be kind of like a full fledged title, but even ODST, um, even just like the uh the uh Forever Dawn or whatever uh series. And I think there's still rumors of there a movie. There's still a movie kind of circulating. Oh yeah. Now. So with Steven Spielberg, oh, it- I think, even being attached to be a producer. Uh, I believe at one point in time, yes. I don't. I don't know if he still is, but I mean, I, you also have the Halo Wars series. Yeah, all Which, all the the books mm-hmm. on top of that. It, it's just it, it is it is an utter like force to be reckoned with. Yeah, in the gaming world, definitely for sure, and one that I mean, I, I've said the word revolutionized many times today. But it definitely revolutionized the the first person sh- shooter genre like forever. 
Well, I mean, when when you're talking the top ten, yeah, across four generations of consoles, I mean, every single one of these in their own right was revolutionary for sure, for sure. And that's why this is a pretty good list. But yes, we, ha- we have our own list that we that we wanted to add to it, and the first one it looks like you and I both put on, which was Sunset Overdrive. Yes. Um, definitely a, a, a good kind of sleeper hit for Insomniac, you know, who's well known for, um, you know, the resistance series and obviously coming out with this, but this is probably one of the funniest games I think I've ever played because it has such really good tongue in cheek humor, a little bit of an edgy punk rock vibe where, you know, you're in this post-apocalyptic town where like everybody drank this energy drink and it turned them into bubbly zombies and bubbly monsters or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, the tongue in cheek humor and just the over the top action sequences to a punk rock soundtrack just made this game so much fun and just air grinding, you know, over rails and like power lines. is just so fun. Yeah. It, it's just such a fun game. Uh, this is almost what I wanted uh, the dead rising series to like kind of morph into. Yeah. Cause it, it does have that heavy element of like, this is almost like dead rising, but it's enough separated that it's its own thing. And the, the humor in it is awesome. Mm-hmm. The jokes are fun. The stories, the stories are campy as hell. Uh, but still enough that it, it get, it got its hooks in me. I couldn't play anything else actually until I finished this game <laughs> and I loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. And I really, to this day, I know we talked about it earlier, but God damn it. Give me a sequel, please. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it, it's a shame because like I said, like we said earlier, Insomniac moved to uh, Sony to be a Sony studio and Microsoft now owns the Sunset Overdrive series. But man, I would love for Insomniac some way to just, you know, just, I don't know. I don't know how it could be done. I don't think it can, but man, I would still love a sequel. If someone else could come in and make it, the same, all the power to. Uh, I'm sure we can find someone. I could. See, there's got to. You know, there's got to be a studio. I could see maybe Avalanche doing it. You know, they, they they got a little bit of experience with like campiness stuff, like with Just Cause and and stuff. Maybe. I mean, I I could even see Machine Head games. Yeah. Because as as campy as uh, the Wolfenstein series has been at times. Mm-hmm. I, you could do it, but switching to third person, I think might be a little bit of a hard shift for them. Yeah. Well, but I, I, I still I, think assuming, they could do it. Yeah, I, I think they could. I, I'm assuming they're working on with them working on the Indiana Jones game that it's going to be in third person. I would assume so. But so that should be interesting to see. So um, so you you put down gun and I totally forgot about this one. Yeah. Like the the other Red Dead game, yeah, right. But was, uh, Gun, Gun like, had so much better gun physics mm-hmm. and play. Um, granted, I liked Red Dead Redemption's story better. I like Red Red Dead Revolver was campy as fuck, right? Um, but fun. But Gun was a little more fun. Mm-hmm. In some aspects, and I'm actually really surprised that it that this is a series that kind of got left by the wayside. 
it had potential. It could have continued. Yeah, and it was rated pretty good. I mean, it was it was in the immediate launch window of the Xbox 360, and you know, it got a lot of really good reviews. It had really good voice acting in it, and just people just forgot about it. Yeah, I mean, for the people that did play it, they remember they they remember this game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could talk to a lot of people. They're like, "Do you remember Gun?" And like you just did, you're like, "Yeah, I I forgot about that." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's it was one of those sleepers." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so, was a really good one. I would love to see man, it. Bring see it back. Something. Yeah, right. Um, another one I put on was um, this was a, a, a like a jewel of mine at the time. Uh, Shadow Ops Red Mercury was so imagine at the time and during the this was came out on the first Xbox if Michael Bay decided to make a video game and this was the okay. game and we're talking like triple a blockbuster over the top action sequences. You know, I, I think the, the editing was so good. It was on par with like a Hollywood blockbuster movie. Um, but, uh, you know, the whole like corporate, not, not corporate, but like military, um, intrigue and just, crazy over the top action sequences and storylines of just like nuclear war and everything like this and hunting terrorists down um, really good, solid first person shooter. And at, at the time and had, you know, like I said, really good voice acting, really good storyline that just kind of added a little bit of that kind of Hollywood action style action to it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely get behind that too. Yeah. At, at the time, it was like, like, like I said, you know, they had really good first person shooters were still kind of trying to kind of cross that edgy mark, whatever, where Call of Duty started coming out, Medal of Honor started coming out, and then Shadow Ops, Red Mercury, where it was like, you know, hey, let's make a movie based, like, kind of like how Michael Bay would make a game, you know, so. Okay. I will, I will have to see if I can hunt that one down because I have, I don't think I've ever played it. Um, I had another one, uh, Jade Empire. Yes. Great story. Mm-hmm. Great, great play. I, and again, another, another one that surprisingly not really much of a follow-up. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, this was another one made by Bioware and this came out a little bit after KOTOR. And, um, I mean, I, I thought the combat was really good the way you could kind of change styles on the fly. Like you weren't locked into any certain amount of any certain kind of like melee combat styles. Like you could change kind of on a whim almost um but uh yeah go ahead well and and it's funny because the the more recently a game that kind of reminded me of that was ghost of tsushima Mm -hmm. where you had the different stances that you could switch between yeah and so i'm like man it it definitely made me kind of think of like what if jade empire had continued like and kept evolving and growing yeah. Could that have been like where that headed? Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have so, probably had Mass Effect, though, bro. <laughs> I know. But honestly, I, I wonder, yeah, if that would have given if that would have been given a chance to blossom. Yeah, I wonder, like, you know, how that could have gone. I mean, could we have had a similar Ghost of Tsushima on Xbox? Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, Bioware was an Xbox studio for a while. Because yeah. Mass, Mass Effect was Xbox, Mass Effect One and Two were Xbox exclusive for quite a while, and then when and then EA came, it, yeah, those dirty, dirty men. Yep, exactly. So, but it's funny because it feels weird because now they're they're not the bad guys anymore. Yeah, 
Yeah, so it, weird. It, is weird. it is weird now. It's like, you know, EA's like, whoo, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else, thank you for taking that role. Yeah, exactly. Knew we should have uh, announced that Dead Space remake. Whoo. Ah, now we're back on top, boys. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. So we'll um, see. We talked about this earlier. Forza Motorsports is, you know, when, when that first came out, obviously it was the the direct competitor to Gran Turismo. And over time, I think, you know, Gran Turismo was better in a lot of ways. But, you know, given like w- when it got to Forza Motorsport 3, that's when all of yeah. a sudden it was like, okay, yeah, right. This is better than Gran Turismo. And it just kept getting better and better and better. And, um, you know, yeah, like you said, what was it, 4? had the top yeah. tier guys like narrating because everything had a, a Vista mode where you can like actually walk into the car and open the doors and start the motor start and the motor. Yeah. Like watch the whole startup sequence on some of these like super high end cars, yeah. which for, for a lot of people that are never going to have the chance to sit in these kind of cars, like it, it was a truly revolutionary feel. Yeah. Because yeah, like you said, you'll never ever sit in this car ever probably in your life. But the fact that you can kind of, at least somewhat get to a point where you could see it, you know? Yeah. And man, and, and the racing always felt so clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, simulation game, simulation racing games are always like, if, you know, if, if the game is on, the game is not necessarily unfair. It's just like one of those things. You're just not that good at it. So like you got to really kind of learn the racing lines. You really have to learn the mechanics of your car. How much can you push it when you get to the apex of the turn? How much gas do you apply and brake pressure and tires and all this stuff? You have to really micromanage everything. And for a lot of people that may be too much, like I just want to get in there and race, but, um, you know, for true gearheads, it's, it's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I think it was Gran Turismo I not Gran Turismo three, but uh, Forza three was the first time I really, truly learned the benefits of like high in, low out, and low in, high out. Yep. Especially with like high bank turns, uh, ma- managing uh, like your drag, mm-hmm. and like cha- changing like your different, like your splitter, like just adjusting it so much can make all the difference in the world. Even like changing the gear ratio. I know I, yes. I did a lot of experimenting with that. It's like. You know, if I want higher acceleration, I almost want like, you know, to push the limits of like, you know, shifting late in second gear and everything. And it's just, you know, there's so much science behind it. Yeah, it it makes it that that would that's really what brought a lot of love for watching racing for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Is because you you found out like there's so much more to that monster Mm -hmm. than most people realize. It's not just driving turn 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 yeah for sure there's there's so much more nuance to it and forza motorsport did it really well um and i I was a little disappointed when they announced forza horizon 5 before uh motorsport uh i think they're on eight now uh i think they're actually just full-on rebooting oh yeah that's what i heard because i think they said like we're, we're we're trying something new which a little bit scares me a little bit you know kind of keeps me hopeful because I know they'll keep the racing routes ingrained in the game, but maybe in a different presentation. For the love of, for the love of all that is holy, start bringing damage to the cars. Yeah, like significant damage. Like, it would be nice to have 
you know, like I, I, I race with full simulation on and it would be nice to see a little bit more physical damage, you know, to, to the point that it could actually affect, like if you're running like a 24 hour Le Mans race mm-hmm. and you lose your hood. Yeah. Like your, your drag is going to be significant. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. So, and I, I, and I know there's, there is a lot of those elements where like, yeah, you smash into someone and yeah, obviously you're, you know, you're going to lose a little bit of, uh, you know, you're going to lose your transmission a little bit and maybe like, yeah. Um, but it would be cool to see tire punctures almost. Yeah. Even, I don't think they've ever gone that route. No, I don't think they have either. So, but that would obviously require pitting and eh, we'll see. We'll see if it gets to that point. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, my next one is Psychonauts. Yeah. The second so, one's coming out pretty soon here. Yeah. Uh, a nice like, little comedy series that uh, has been very well beloved by many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually, ju- I had just downloaded the first one mm-hmm. uh, based upon Zach's recommendation of playing this. Uh, and I, I'd also recently watched the trailer for two. So some of the humor, I, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's actually kind of funny, but I don't get all the references, (laughs) but I know that it's been, it'd been a long time since Psychonauts one came out. Yeah. So the fact that it's getting a sequel and people are clamoring over this, I'm like, why, why wasn't this mentioned anywhere? Especially, I know it's been a long time. It's only had one game. So, I mean, the second one may fall flat on its face, but we'll see. But I think this one has enough, enough of a fan base that I think this probably should have been at least an honorable mention on their list. Yeah, for sure. At least mentioned, for sure. Because D- so. D- Double Fine is really, you know, has really good writers on their on their staff. I don't know how they do it, but just some, some really good tongue-in-cheek humor. It's really good, you know, story beats and, and just unique gameplay elements. So... Yeah, I skipped Advent Rising. <laughs> I was I was wondering if you were going to come back to that. Yeah, because um, this game had such high potential, and I know it uh, part of it doesn't belong on this list at all. But the the fact that there was such high potential going into this game, you know, when you when you hire like an acclaimed sci fi writer Orson Scott Card to write the game for this, and even before the game comes out, pledges that this will be a trilogy, you know it's like no wonder everybody was like, Oh my God, like this is going to be a huge game. And even like promising like, Oh, enter a ch- for a chance to get into like a million dollar, um, uh, raffle prize or like contest or something like that. Um, they were banking on this game hard and it fell flat somehow. Um, I thought the gameplay, the combat was good. You know, it was a typical third person shooter. It had this kind of crazy epic, you know, um, godlike story of you rising to godhood at the end, you know, to save the save humanity from this alien threat apocalypse, whatever. But I, I, I'm really sad that we don't get a continuation to this story. It would be interesting to see because obviously the game ended with a huge cliffhanger, but it is what it is. Yeah. And it wasn't the only it wasn't the first time that that happened. Why it was one of the first times it happened, but uh, I remember similar things happening with uh, Kingdom of Amalur. Yeah, that was another one. Yeah, I mean, when Todd McFarlane and R.A. Salvatore behind that project and 
mm-hmm. the whole game game uh, game studio run by Kurt Schilling. Yeah. Uh, I was recently reading uh, Jason Schreier's book and how that all kind of just fell apart. And it makes you wonder, like, what happened to some of these other ones, like your Advent Rising? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because like you said, it's supposed to be part of a trilogy. What happened? Yeah. I mean, will we ever see it again? Probably not. And that's kind of sad to me sometimes. So, yeah. Um, I, I have a, a now I'm, I'm starting to stray outside the lines here. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my next two, my, I'm going to bring up this one first, uh, Cuphead. Yeah. What an utterly beautiful game. It's, it's, it's amazing that that's an art style that no one asked for, but everybody loves, you know? Yes. Like a typical, like old style, you know, the, you know, the old Disney cartoons of like that kind of like 1920s style animation that they just, they fucking nailed it like perfectly. Yes. Well, I mean, the fact that this was all hand-drawn cells. Yeah. I mean, what an utterly amazing technical achievement for games. Mm-hmm. Because I can't even imagine how many art cells they would have had to drawn have drawn to do like every single movement in that game. Yeah. Is mind boggling. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I still love playing the game. Uh, I pick it up every now and then, like once every other month, like I'll boot it up and play through it a little bit more and a little bit more. Uh, incredibly difficult game, but very much so. It's, it's one of the few times that a developer's like, you know what? Fuck you. We don't care. This is the game that we wanted to make. Mm-hmm. We're not going to sit here and pander to you. It, it, I mean, it, it is the Dark Souls of platformers. Really? Yes. I mean, it, it's 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 funny that Dark Souls is now like almost like a subgenre. Like that's how yes. we refer to those style of games. But it's true because it's like, you know, it's hard and it's challenging. But there's something about that game that makes you clamoring to come back, to just keep going, to keep pushing. And you'll eventually accomplish it. It's not impossible. No. You know? it, it's, it, there's, there's just a very high learning curve to that game. Yeah. Very high but learning curve. But once you get I, it. I just, yeah. Well, I remember the phenomenon behind this game when it came out. And people, like everybody, like, bro, did you, did you play Cuphead? Mm-hmm. I play Cuphead. You you need to play Cuphead. Like everybody played this game. Yeah. And man, like I, I still love it. It's still somewhere out in the ether that they're working on a sequel. Oh, really? Who, That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, Who knows when or where. Mm-hmm. But I know they, they talked about it. I think it was like E3 like three years ago. Okay. They announced a Cuphead sequel. And I'm... I'm still like, yes, I can't wait for it to get here. But and and it's sad because I still haven't beaten the first one. Oh, yeah. Same. But, I, I got a pretty significant amount of the way through. And I yeah, I, I stopped, obviously. But yeah, pick it, pick it up, though. Try it. Try it again. Oh, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> it was like one of those things. If I haven't picked up a game in a while, like I'm just going to start over. And, I mean, I wouldn't mind starting over because the game is fun by itself and, but uh, you know, in its own right. But. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's challenging, but it, it it's that kind of like, you know, you're chasing that high of just like once you get it, once you nail that technique, once you nail beating that boss battle, it's just so satisfying and just keeps you pushing on to go for more. Yes, yes. And 
addictive and beautiful. Yep. Yep. Beautiful so, for sure. What'd so, you, uh, what'd you say your other one was? Well, my other one, well, I, I, I want to talk about yours first because I have a feeling we're going to stick on mine for a moment and talk about okay. something with it. All right, cool. Well, um, say what you want about quantum break, but I think, um, you know, this was made by remedy studios and this game was in development hell for years. I remember because they tagged this, they filmed, they made this game alongside kind of like a, like a TV series. It was supposed to be a mixture of both. And I think they kind of dialed it back a bit through produ- through production to say like, why don't we just kind of focus more on the game development side and do almost like live action cutscenes in between. And they hired some pretty good actors for these, you know, uh, scenes. I mean, I'm blanking on their names, but um, it would be like you, you would fish, finish a significant portion of the game and then you would be treated to like a 10, 15 minute like TV episode almost. And, you know, the game is about obviously like time travel and, you know, uh, your your character's brother like f- finds a way to kind of unlock time. And, you know, this, this corporation that hired him to do this is using it for their own benefit. Shocking. But um, some really good tight gameplay. Uh, the storyline was really good. I, I always have a problem with the way stories and media talk about time travel, but I thought they nailed it pretty good. Um, but just, you know, like, like, like I said, the characters that they hired to do these roles, it was just really, I thought they were really good and really engaging and it's remedy. Remedy does really good third person action. So, so can I tell you a little bit of a secret? Yeah. I utterly adore this game. Oh, I like that. I, this, this is the game that actually made me fall in love with remedy studios. Hmm. Because before this game, I had never played a Remedy game. You never even played now, the Max Pains, huh? No. Oh, wow. I had never played them. Um, I played Quantum Break because at the time, I was a huge fan of the show Fringe. Yeah. And so um, when I found that Lance Reddick and, uh, I love was in Lance this. Reddick. I just love his voice. So good. Yes. <laughs> uh, but between him and uh, Sean Ashmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is the, he was the main, main character, character right? in the yeah. game? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I loved both of them as actors. And when I found that they're like, oh, these these two are making a game together, I played through this game twice. Yeah. Like, finished the game, played again. And I'm like, I love this game. I love this game a lot. Mm-hmm. Went back, started playing Alan Wake. Didn't really catch the Alan Wake buzz until later. Yeah. Um, because then I played one of my favorite games, which is Control. Love that game so much. I, oh, Control. Mm. Yeah. Be still my heart. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but uh, Quantum Break, I, I I actually love this game, and I'm so mad that it kind of got panned over by a lot of people. Yeah, it sucks because, I mean, it was it had such high hopes, and I think it was <clears throat> kind of like the, it fell victim to that development hell of just like, it was known for so long and I think just people forgot about it. So when, yes. So when it came out, it was like, okay, all right, this is that game they were talking about. But I I will say the, the gameplay to cutscene footage was a little harsh sometimes Mm -hmm. because it was like hard, like hard cuts. Yeah. And instead of like a, they could have done the transitions a little better, but the story was great. Mm-hmm. The gameplay was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, 
I, I love the like just boom, stop time. All right, go down, round, do the things, mm-hmm. and then speed time back up and watch what happens. Yeah. Like, man. And rem- I, I really can't think of a bad remedy game. I really can't either. Honestly, everything that they've put out has been pretty top notch. You know? Yeah. And so so much so that I can't wait for a second control if they ever do it. I yeah, uh, I I mean, looking at their past history, I don't think they they do sequels. But um I mean I think the only sequel they've ever done was Max Payne two, but um I would love another control or at least in that same universe. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that they're they're kind of tying everything together with like Alan Wake and control, like maybe they can bring Quantum Break into this universe. And then it's going to blow my mind when they're like, oh, yeah, we're we're actually all in Max Payne's universe still. <laughs> and they're like, we got you. Yeah. Max Payne 4 ties it all together. Oh, man, that would be just so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm living the dream. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that I mean, th- this was one. This is probably one of the biggest heartbreaks for me because I enjoyed this game so much. But the fact that it kind of fell on deaf ears when it came out was like one of the screaming at the rooftops. Like, why don't you guys like this game? L- Luckily, I I never got caught up in the development hell for this game. Mm-hmm. So I was late to the party. So oh. I didn't have all that like back memory of people talking about it. So when I played it, it was fresh for me. It was new. I had no idea. I just, I was just like, oh, look, two, two actors I like are in a game. Let's play it. Cool. And it became one of them, your favorite games of all time. It's, it's definitely up there for the Xbox One generation. Cool. So, all right. So I, I have a mystery one that I'm going to kind of pitch to you. All right. Hit me. And it's, and it, it's kind of, it's kind of, there's, I was bouncing back and forth between two. Uh, and, and and I will give you the runner up first. Uh Steel Battalion. Yes. I can see that. That's a that's a rough game, but uh a good It's a rough game, but ambitious. Very ambitious. Because And that's it, what I love. Yeah, it introduced permadeath as an option. I mean, obviously we gotta talk about the controller. Yes. Stupidly huge and yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. But I mean the amount of in-depthness of like starting up the engines and like flicking all the little, just like you're a, almost like a fighter pilot. And yes, you know, the game controls very well, even though like, you know, you, your field of view was very small. Yes. I will give you that. And playing multiplayer was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's one of the things I've, I've always loved about Microsoft is they're, they're always willing to kind of, step outside their comfort zone and try something new. Yeah. So um, my, my final pick for my list is actually connect sports. What? <laughs> I, I told you a little controversial here. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the floor. Um, the connect. I, I know it, it never really got its time to shine. It, unfortunately it didn't. And now, but, that, and now that you mentioned that I'm going to come back with you, come back at you with one other one after this. Okay. Okay. Um, but I, I love, I love the Wii. Mm-hmm. Don't get me fun. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong with that. But there was something about having a game that you could play party style games with your friends in, in, in a party style set, like just everybody get together, start drinking, have fun. Yeah. And playing sports games without controllers. Yeah. 
and it was unbelievably responsive if it was set up right. Yeah. Um, I, I spent a lot of time with my connect and I actually like made sure to get the depth of field right and have a flat back behind me. And that is some of the most fun I'd ever had playing with friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just it, it, it was ambitious and it really pushed the, like the idea of AR and VR to the forefront. I mean, you, I'm sure you've heard, heard me talk about it before, but I am an, I am an utter, like, I guess, preacher for VR. I love it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You and, and, and with like that, com- that combination of like, we were almost to the point of getting true AR. Mm-hmm. And I love the connect to this day. I, I have four of them. Ah. Uh, and the fact that I, I have almost every game that came out on the connect, I, I will still play it to this day on occasion. Mm-hmm. But connect sports was that, that first truly like you could, you could get a really good workout going at the same time as having fun with your friends. And it, it was truly kind of revolutionary because you could also get kids into playing games, but also being active and trying new things. I, I just really wish that uh, it it didn't kind of fall flat because I feel that once they shifted to the Xbox and they're like, oh yeah, it's only it's only gonna I mean, the Xbox one. They're like, it's only gonna come with the Connect. Like you you have to be there and it has to be on. Yeah. But then then when they did the redesign for the Series X, and they're like, oh yeah. You can't plug this in anymore. Oh, no, it was the S. So the, yeah, I think it was the, the Xbox One X, I thought, right? And the S. Uh, well, the Xbox right. One S was when they first made that shift, when they made the small and like, oh, you have to have the adapter mm-hmm. to be able to still use your Connect. And then they're like, you know what? And then when they went to the X, they were like, we just dropped all support for it. We're done. Ah, uh, yeah. And, and I'm like, why? This thing had potential. Mm-hmm. And like... I, I, I hate when you've you see somebody that like almost an entire console generation like keep pushing and pushing and I'm like moving to the forefront and then they abandon it. Yeah. Cause it was it was a very like ambitious project to, to the fact that even third party developers were starting to use the connect with the programming for other things. Well, yeah. Like there like, was surgery simulators. Mm-hmm. There was even other games that like you could use the controller and the connect almost simultaneously, like just even like menu navigation of just like little flick of the wrists and it like, you know, you grabbing things in the ether almost and just enabling them with just hand movements as going back to your controller at the same time. It was so cool. Alien isolation. Yeah. It actually, so you could actually like turn your head and your character's head would pan out and look around corners. Mm-hmm. Or even like, it, I mean, it would have the microphone on. So like if you uh, started to breathe heavy or if you kind of like let out a loud noise, like yeah. that would actually tip off the alien in your area. Man, so immersive. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, I, I guess not necessarily just I would say connect sports, but I guess just the connect in general, I feel deserves a little more love than a god. Yeah. It really does. It was almost like I wonder if it almost had that Dreamcast curse where it was a little bit too ahead of its time. Yeah. Especially with the rise of VR now. Yeah. So uh, you, you said you had a little bit of a rebuttal to it. Yeah. Um, Dance Central. <laughs> um, 
was uh, near and dear to my heart because it was the same thing. I um, I had I bought the game and I was like, this looks kind of like a Dance Dance Revolution, but like, yeah, you're just obviously mimicking the dance motions that they throw on the screen for you. And we're talking like popular pop songs and rap songs that you could really dance to. And I think even at the time they had a DLC of Gangnam Style when Gangnam Style was huge. Like that, I remember like my friends were like, did you download Gangnam Style on Dance Central? Let's go dance it. You know, and like I had my younger cousins coming over, wanted to play it too. And just, you know, you didn't have to be a good dancer, really. Obviously, all you had to do was like mimic the motions that they showed you on the screen and it didn't matter if you did a good job or a bad job. It was just the fun of just moving around and just dancing to music was kind of fun. And it was like very responsive. Like, you know, it was, you know, it, it wasn't like I did the move right. And it wouldn't register like the connect registered it. And it's like, we got you, man. Don't worry. But um, yeah, that was another one. That was like a guilty pleasure of mine. I have every single one of them yeah. and I played every single one of them them oh yeah no probably one of the better dance games i i, I know I, I actually played it on the vr on the oculus quest 2 and uh it still it still holds up actually like it actually is you know those uh, harmonics is the developer yeah yeah they they do a really good job with it uh on the vr i gotta admit yeah so yeah I, like i said it, my my last one was going to be a little controversial because <laughs> there's going to be some people like what are you thinking man like what's wrong with you the connect come on yeah yeah but i mean the fact that you can go out and buy them for like a dollar today but yeah i i still love it and i still think that it needs a little more it, it gets it needs a little more credit than people like to push off away from it so yeah i I'm actually, you got me thinking, I may dust it off. I mean, I have it in a drawer. I got both the 360 Connect and my Xbox One Connect. Um, but yeah, maybe I may dust that off at some point in the future. Hmm. Yeah. Be interesting. So, so, well, that's our uh, pretty much top 20 there, um, you know, with a little bit extra in there. But um, <clears throat> Chris, I want to thank you once again for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. This oh, was, this is a lot of fun. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, man. So yeah. it's always good to help out when yeah. you can. Oh yeah, for sure. Two uh, two dudes loving Xbox, talking about Xbox. It's just the way it is. Yeah, so, yeah. So uh, remind us again where where can our listeners follow you? Uh, the Gaming Outsider. Uh, it's a podcast, a family friendly podcast. You can listen to it wherever uh podcasts are available through whatever catcher app you use spotify any of those uh but as far as me personally you can find me uh on twitter or instagram or even tiktok at at ocast chris b he's got a lot of stuff he's a chris is an avid collector obviously as we know um you got thousands and thousands of games in your library and uh occasionally he'll actually post a lot of his some of his great finds uh that he finds out there in neath or so he's definitely worth a follow um for sure well, thank you yeah so 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 is so is my buddy stoy here i mean he's he's a phenomenal guy and i always love hanging out with you oh yeah it's always fun hanging out so like now that we got obviously midwest gaming classics coming up soon coming up in november oh so. I, I will be there oh yeah I'm, I'm saving up money now as we speak so <laughs> yeah. oh me too man yeah so uh i remember the last one that we were at where you so excited that you found little samson and yeah, that was a proud that, day for everybody. Yeah, I'm um, I'm actually looking forward to uh, I've talked to some of the vendors and there's some stuff up there that uh, 
I may be chasing this year, so we'll see what we'll see what shows up. My one grail is Resident Evil Guide for Game Boy. When I found out that that's literally the only Resident Evil game I do not have in my collection, I was like, I must have this. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I may be able to help with that. We'll be in touch, sir. <laughs> we'll be we'll do. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're the Arsenal X podcast. Uh, I didn't write an ex- outro for this, so I'm going to completely ad lib this. Uh, you can follow this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts like Spotify, Google, Apple, all that stuff. And uh, definitely give us a follow on YouTube as well, where you can catch video clips of uh, these episodes. And uh, we are part of the Boss Rush Games Network of podcasts. So check out all the other stuff that we have, like those uh, grand old boys, the EXP cast. That's also my flagship podcast where you can follow me at. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Boss Rush Games and EXP cast as well. Uh, Yeah, that's about wraps it up. So thanks again, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you.